<laughs> Hello, kitties. It's your old pal, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. And I hope you get to check out my good fiends at a decade of horror on the PSVG Podcast Network. I hope you love them like I do. They're a scream. <laughs> Coming to get you, Barbara. Greetings, ghouls and ghosts. My name is Donnie Reese, and welcome back to PSVG's A Decade of Horror, the latest podcast on the PSVG Podcast Network, bringing you all the scary movies and thrills leading up to Halloween. This episode, gentlemen, I am excited for. This is the one I've been waiting on. 2013. What a year in scary movies it was. Um, I have so many fond memories when I think back, uh, especially going back and rewatching and digging up some of these movies and fun facts. I've got lots of notes. This might be our longest episode yet, but before we get to that, <laughs> let me introduce the full Scream team that's here again. Josh and Lucas, welcome back. Brothers, how are you doing? Hi. I Good. should have another beer, huh? That's right. That's right. You might want to you might want to put in a Just request a now to have a delivery uh, in about 45 minutes because I don't think this is going to be a short one. Um, but before we break into all, Josh, why don't you set the mood and tell us the oh. year that was 2013. The year was 2013 and I was in peak physical prime <laughs> <laughs> I was go- that's where i was going too i'm like you were sexy weren't you uh you know how you do when you're that age when you're in 2013 <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay here we go 2013 coming at you hard and fast Literally, when in rome right lance armstrong is found out oh no 2013 Oh, 2013 was a bad year. How do you guys feel about Lance <laughs> you say Armstrong? say that about every year. How do you guys feel about Lance? Uh, he cheated. He but didn't, didn't everybody? <laughs> didn't they find out basically afterwards that everybody that was on that stage, they all cheated? So Here's the yeah, thing. he cheated, Not but he was also cheated. the best of the cheaters. But like the most people is, cheated. Right, but the, but the people who didn't cheat didn't. They were like last, but there was like three people out of like 300. <laughs> Isn't every sport just like if you're not? How big is that blanket? Cheating, you're not I mean, have you looked it up? Like all well, of no. the contenders for like the years that followed after Lance, they were all like right. I mean, I use that as a blanket, but I think it right. was actually like ninety percent. They were all caught. So the the people later. that weren't, they can claim that they weren't, but just because they claim they weren't doesn't mean they they did. As Lance well, proved, right? It is terrible. Regardless, you're taking the sport out of the sport. I mean, I agree, but I, I do. You know what? I, I, I feel the same way about roids and baseball. Like, if everybody was yeah. doing it, then I still honor those that did it. And you know, or like, stealing signs. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, it made cycling. I haven't heard of cycling before yeah. since. Like, it made cycling something to watch, and now cycling for Americans, not. right? For well, Americans, good point. Because okay. we're the center of the universe, I know. Hey, well, <laughs> it's still huge in France. I'm just talking about my universe. I'm, I'm glad it's huge I in know. France, but I don't yeah. care. Lance so. Armstrong is that is good or bad out. for the sport? That I don't care. <laughs> that's you're, that's fair. I mean, more people watch <laughs> world sport. More people watch 
uh, football with a U than any sport in America. So I guess Americans sure. really know where it's at. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, yes, center of the universe. Speaking of, uh, the Boston Marathon bombing mm-hmm. happens, uh, which is a very close to home thing for it's me. It's close to home fact, for me. Not that I have any, when, like, you know. When I, I was looking up this stuff, I legitimately got teary eyed because there's a little bit more. Uh, I have a very specific memories of this. It was oh, really tough. Really well, tough. You know, I work uh, for a road race every year, and that moment put our road race in a whole new world. Terrifying. Right? From that moment forward, like, the, I'll never forget watching it while I was happening live. I was like, our entire July just got revamped, and it did, and we've never come back since. And that's a good thing, I guess, um, but yeah. it's a bad thing that we ever thought we had to prepare for something like that. Well, I'll skip a little bit ahead on my list and cycle back. No pun intended, Lance Armstrong. Um, because of my the emotion uh, regarding that, and maybe we need some good news, is that also in 2013, the Boston Red Sox won the World Series. Nice. Um, and that Speaking was really powered by the Boston Strong Movement. Um, I guarantee it. Uh, those players play like... There was no tomorrow. It was an insane year for for us, um, ups and downs. Uh, we had a government shutdown. I know that's not necessarily super unique, but it definitely was at that time. Yeah, wow. Forgot uh, about we that. We had a PlayStation 4 and Xbox One release. Wow, yeah, yeah, going How back. How about that? I was still in college at this time. <laughs> Jeez. <clears throat> yeah. That was yeah. when I knew that I was no longer going to play NHL anymore because professionally, yeah, professionally, obviously, you had I mean, to hang up your skates. What else would I be talking about? Because <laughs> everybody was moving on to Xbox One, and I was going to get left behind. Oh, that's too bad. Well, now you have dreams of an NHL for throwback in '94 throwback. Game yeah, game that, <laughs> as long as there's league modes, then we'll be good. Watch you that also not come to PC. Show. Uh, oh my okay, God. <laughs> so last year we talked about Facebook Quiet. going public, right? Yep. Yeah. Well, in 2013, Twitter goes public at $26 a share. Do you guys want to guess what Twitter is trading at at close of business Friday? 175. 50. 39.26. <laughs> that was bad investment on yeah. Twitter. Uh, Snowden leaks that's so it all. That's so surprising. Wait a minute. That's so <laughs> Twitter, Twitter has a hard everybody time gets- monetizing. That's the difference. Uh, that's true. Ads yeah. and everything. I mm-hmm. forget about that. I was going to say, everybody goes there for their news now. Yeah, like, they do. But they don't make any money off of it. Yeah. That's been the issue with Twitter the whole time. <laughs> this is why I'm not good at business. <laughs> uh, Snowden leaks. Leaks. Snowden is a leaker. This happens in 2013. Clean up. Snowden after. leaks. Snowden. Uh, Miley Cyrus twerks on Robin Thicke in the Beetlejuice outfit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what a sentence. <laughs> did I ever think I would say that? No. But did I say it? Yes, I did. And we're all better for it. Uh, Hunger Games Catching Fire comes in at number one at the box office. Number one. Nice. Thrift Shop is number one on the Billboard charts. Yeah, I remember that phase. Out. The Baltimore Ravens win the Super Bowl. The Miami Heat win the NBA championship. Chicago Blackhawks win the Stanley Cup. The Ravens Rob won? Ford plus crack. I don't remember the Ravens pick. winning at all. Yeah, the Ravens won. won another Super Bowl? <laughs> they beat us to make it to the Super Bowl. Ah. 
Okay. When I say us, I mean of the New England Patriots. Gotcha. Yeah, Rob Ford has a crack problem, and I don't mean the butt version. <laughs> uh, we lose Nelson Mandela. Oh. Uh, Paula Dean lets you know how she really feels about a certain group of people. Mm. Dennis Rodman begins his love affair with Kim Jong. Mm-hmm. Selfie, Buddies. FOMO, and twerk get added to the dictionary. <laughs> oh, sad day. <laughs> Urban dictionary, right? Nope. The Webster's. Webster's dictionary. <laughs> who is Webster? Uh, he's some guy who's dead. Uh, or girl. Um, or girl. The first 3D gun is printed. America. Oh, yeah. That Hooray. whole problem. Was it in America? It had to be, right? It had to Texas, be. Texas, yeah. I don't have that <laughs> I remember. It was blue, I think. It is blue, yeah. It was blue, yes. Abadabada. Um, like Halo? And to end off 2013 in my... Research, we lose Roger Roger Ebert, Tom Clancy, and James Gandolfini. Oof. Wow. Among others, I, I actually left out a bunch of uh, people who passed, but I, I just wanted to give you that. <laughs> Sorry. Heavy for hitters. <laughs> wow. They keep dying, too. Every oh, year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fix my that? God. <laughs> I mean, I guess that is horror-specific kind of in genre. <laughs> Sure, it's grotesque. Morbidly yeah. obese. Sure, I get it. Uh, <laughs> Lucas, yeah. as you normally do, rescue the show. <laughs> I shall. Uh, I really set you up good. <laughs> I give you a good setup. Every well, time. let's see. Let's. I don't know. Let's see how you feel about this top three. After 2012, I feel like it was pretty bleak. We didn't have a lot to say about it. 2013, top three grossing horror movies of said year. Number, Number three. three. Number three. Everyone likes Out of five. <laughs> Insidious Chapter Two, because oh. we need sequels. The world needs sequels. Uh, here's the thing, though, guys. Horror movies are making buku bucks. Number three coming in at grossing eighty three point five nine million dollars. That's wow. more than most years. <laughs> d- that's double than. Or no, that's not double. Never mind. Never mind. Anyways, continue on. Uh, number two, The Conjuring. Oh, Metascore <laughs> 40, by the way. Insidious. 40. For Insidious. Uh, the Conjuring, $137 million. Damn straight it, it did. Wow. Uh, marketing campaign was amazing, I feel like, it, on this movie, if I remember correctly. Just the whole kind of brings back ideas of uh, Blair Witch were real story. They gave uh, uh, they, they, story they earned thing. my $28. It also gave um, Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson like forever horror credit. Save it for the show. Save oh, it for sorry. the show. Uh, Metascore meta 68. <laughs> That's Spoiler too low. Better. That's way too low. <laughs> Spoiler alert, I said. Damn critics. Uh, <laughs> ousted by the, what I feel, well, I guess we may get into it. Let's see. Dark skies. Number one. Number one. one. <laughs> World War Z. I figured that would be number one. Staggering $202 million. Yeah, that's Brad Pitt. Yeah. Money. Yeah. Unfortunate because it cost them $150 million to make the movie. Probably. Also Brad Pitt money. Not the zombies. all Lucas, Brad out of your three box office hits, one of them made my three. One of them. Whoa. Oh, one of them. Oh. Well. oh, I can't wait to find out. Is it all I'm the next- same three? 
next week. Next next week. <laughs> Tune in next week. <laughs> Get him on a cliffhanger. <laughs> ah, all right. Um, I will kick off with my third. But before I do, I want to say I love this year, 2013, as we've been preparing to it, as I've been alluding to leading up to it. Boy, I came here with movies. And I feel like my three, I'm real confident in my three. My three are real good. Um, but I brought eight. There are eight that I think Before are worth mentioning. Before we started mentioning. recording, you're like, I don't know my three, though. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, like, I'm confident I knew the three. three. <laughs> I knew the three, but I, there were so many good ones. It's like, I want to mention them all. That's the, that's the point I'm trying to make. This is a year that in a decade of horror, I could pull many movies from this year that are better than movies from other years, in my opinion. Like, this movie, this year is a standout year for horror flicks. Can't go wrong. How did you guys feel when you guys were pulling your movies? I don't think you have this movie on your list. Okay. I spit on your grave too? Nope. Let me read this line to you. I spit on your grave too. It's a 2013 American rape and revenge horror film directed by Stephen R. Monroe. What? That is what that is. I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it. It's not on my list, but I've seen it. Why that into the description of your film? (laughs) I mean... That's all. I just kind of it's a selling point. It's an app. It's an app description of what that movie is. It, no, it certainly is. It just just uh, say a tale of revenge and leave it at that. Maybe the marketing. Maybe the marketing budget Oof. was lower on that film. <laughs> um, I, I I pulled a, a very quick list together, and there are definitely some that are not going to make the list that I think make it in other years. You know, we're talking about uh, as we've already done this our our fourth episode. We're talking about other movies, other years. It was hard to scrounge up. And yeah. it just it feels bad that if we pull a, a movie per year, that several of these movies will be left off. But I have nine on my list, but I haven't seen them all. Okay. I've seen every one on my list, all eight. And number three coming for me is Your Next, directed by Adam Wingard, oh. um, who also did Death Note 2016's Blair Witch, which is terrible and <laughs> Godzilla versus Kong and VHS two um, starring Sharni Vinson. Did this movie make either of your lists? It okay. Did for me. Well, <laughs> it didn't. It didn't make my list. Have either um, of you seen it? No. No, but Ooh. I also thought it came out in 2011. Yeah, which is why it, it didn't even make my. Came and out I know it came United, out in 2013. Came out in the United States August right. 23rd, 2013. Yeah. Um, this has always been a movie I wanted to see. Josh, I, have, I think you would love it. Um, personally, I think you'd love it. I, I would highly recommend it to you. Writes down. Um, <laughs> okay. Aware. I think yeah. it's one of the best <laughs> modern slasher flicks since the eighties. Um, wow. I think I, I really love it. It what it does. It's, it's very funny, but it's not cabin in the woods funny. It's not meaning to be that funny. It's just dumb funny. Like the, the, the dialogue is very funny. What they're saying to each other while things are happening is very funny. It's also very twisty. There are narrative twists. There are things happening that you don't think are happening until they happen. And you're like, oh, this is a new revealing thing. Very, very good. Um, If you've watched like The Hunt, which is like the new movie that came out this year in 2020, um, it kind of does The Hunt, but before The Hunt and back in 2013. Um, Our star lady, our final girl is a badass. And that's what I love most about this movie. Your Next does in a slasher what... The audience watching slashers for years have always wanted the person to do. 
Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that I love most about this movie. Because every time you've watched Michael or Jason or Freddie or Chucky, you you have the the naysayers that you what do they say? Like run away, hide, kick his ass, you know, like punch. She does. She beats the shit out of folks. <laughs> and it is it is awesome and it's novel. And I remember at the time it was refreshing. And now that I watch it back, I don't think it's as refreshing as it was. Because I think a lot of movies have done it since, as I mentioned, The Hunt. But just remember, like, I don't think up until 2013 that was like a real big thing to do. I think it it was novel in that way and it was refreshing and uh, it doesn't have a stellar cast and it doesn't have like a, um, you know, like a, a legacy director and a long line of hits. But I think what they've done as they pulled together is really, really good. It's kind of like, um, like Cabin Fever. Um, maybe meets like a scream or something like that. It's kind of self-aware and funny in the way, but it's also a very good slasher. It's got really good kills. It's, it's very brutal, but it's very funny. It's very twisty. And I really liked it. I, I really, really do. Um, and I stand by my, my statement. I think when it comes to the 2010s and comes to slashers, I think it stands as good or at the top with all of them. Um, I would recommend your next over Green Room, for example. I, th- I think it's oh. a much better film. So, wow. um, I really, really liked it. And, um, Let's see here. I'm going to look at my notes, see if I get anything out of the way. I I wrote down, it's the best horror take on Home Alone. And it really is, if you remember Home Alone. (laughs) And uh, I said, it's one of my favorite horror movie endings. And it's also one of my favorite Final Girls of all time. So, And I think the ending actually might be one of the things that I think I remember most about it is it doesn't have... We talked about this a little bit, and I bring it up often. One of the things I don't like about horror movies is I feel like they're so far out of the norm that they're hard to end. And I think that's why we end up with so many horror movies that kind of fall on their face and everything just kind of devolves at the end as a means to get out. This doesn't even the ending itself is a twist and it is great. And I loved it. I think it's one of my favorite horror movies of the decade. I'm, I'm, so we've talked about our final episode. We're going to recap our entire list and throw another fan favorite on there. You can expect to hear your next later because I, I feel it's just a testament to how good this year is that I love this movie so much. And it's only third. Yeah. yeah that's, that's pretty crazy. That's a good, this is a good year for you. Adam Wingard directing Kong versus uh, Godzilla. Yeah. And Ooh. I just saw that figures are out at, at target tangent for this. little uh, <laughs> nice. Adam Wingard. Uh, yeah. He's he, uh, yeah. I will definitely watch this sooner rather than later. I'm I'm very excited to hear what you think. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. I will recommend it to you. I, yeah. I just I have this. I have a feeling. I think you like it. I hope I don't prop it up too much for you. I don't. You know, it's not a revolutionary horror movie, but what it does, it does well. Some Let's of the see. things I rewatched it. Some of the lines that they say to each other are absolutely hysterical, and they're all foreshadowing, like towards the end. And there's like this one. I do want to spoil it because it's old. And I know a lot of people have not watched it. Um, it tomorrow. One of the characters gets <laughs> shot in the back with an arrow. And he says something to somebody and they respond with like this really ridiculous response. He's like, oh, yeah, you can get them on eBay. They're like $50. He's like, you dick. Of course you would say so. And it's like all of this is happening while they're being haunted. And like <laughs> while all these things are happening, a person's been shot. It's that It's that weird I don't know. It's like that that weird it's just like the family bickering that's yeah. continuing to happen while everything is going wrong. And that's the funny part. Like that's awesome. the funny part. And if you I think if you can get that that's meant to be funny, I think you'll enjoy more of this movie than than if you just think it's dumb. 
I do I think there might that. be segments. I think there might be people that are like, oh, this is stupid. Whereas I was like, this is hilarious because I could totally see people shooting at me and my family and us yelling at each other. <laughs> <laughs> that hits I told ho- you to duck. No, you didn't. You said exactly. stand up. That hits close to home. That hits close to home for me. So I think that makes me enjoy it more. Awesome. We'll watch that. I need to watch it again because I saw it a long time ago and it's just there's like Lucas pre-film school when I watched movies and there's Lucas post-film school when I watched movies and it seems like for some reason my memory is just so bad. This isn't a film. This is a movie. No, no, no. Yeah, we're talking about the (laughs) horror genre here. Come on. Um, Um, I was going to say I think a lot of people either compare it or think of it and I think right I understand why to the strangers and it's because a lot of the assailants wear masks and it is kind of a home invasion mm. thing but they are nothing close like they are very very different that is basically the only comparison you can make is that some of the people wear masks so I didn't like that about it um, and I say that as somebody who loves the strangers both of you know that I think the strangers the yeah. original strangers one of my favorite horror movies ever so yeah I, I, who's I think your favorite that- stranger cousin Larry or Balky I like Ooh, f- old person joke. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect strangers joke. Ah, someone got that. There's a listener that is laughing. <laughs> is there? Oh, <laughs> right into us. Right. Let us know. Psvg.blog yeah, slash discord. Make sure you tag us on. It's probably Kevin. It's probably Kevin. Just skip. Uh, no, don't Kevin. Kevin, don't respond. Anyone else? <laughs> All right, Josh. Wow. Number three. Okay, so <laughs> my number three is Texas Chainsaw 3D. Wow. Wow. Um, Was not expecting that. Did not make it. And I wasn't either. I have a weird feeling that I'm a fan of these teeny angsty remakes. Uh, I love a teeny angsty horror movie. The Friday the 13th one I really like. I do too. Um, I I came around really, like, I really enjoyed that Nightmare on Elm Street. What I really like about this Texas Chainsaw one, I did not see in 3D. All right. So listen, so Texas Chainsaw 3D. Um, it stars my favorite actress ever, Alexandra Daddario, <laughs> and I'm half joking with that <laughs> answer. <laughs> it also stars for you Lost fans. It stars um, the girl who plays Alex, which is Ben's daughter from Lost. I think her name was Alex in Lost. You lie. Um, um, I think I don't want to butcher her name. Anywho, oh, it's probably listed in here, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, who did she play as? Uh, her name is uh, Tanya Raymond. She was Ben. You know, remember Ben from Lost? Yeah. She was his daughter. She found out he was his daughter. She was. She found out she was his daughter later in the spoilers. Um. Anyways, what I what um, well, Danny's back. He has a pen in his mouth. And he is about to take uh, an estimate on the roof. <laughs> um, what I really liked about this movie is uh, what it did differently from these remakes. It like picks up from the end of the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm. And, and not only that, but the movie opening is like littered with like clips from the first movie that are like interlaced into currently like current film like scenes. And it's hard to even tell what's old and what's new, at least right away with some of their like establishing shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it, it slowly transitions into the takeover of, well, the, the police show up to this house because the girl gets away. 
at the end of the original Chainsaw Massacre. And um, I haven't seen the sequels, except for the Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger one, which I'll never make atop <laughs> any list of anything. That's the one um, we deserve. Yeah, so what do we deserve for sure? Um, uh, but what I do, what I really like about it is, it really feels like a continuation of this story, like traditional proper sequel. Even though it's like eight movies later, yeah. And uh, it it really feels right. So like, I don't want to sp- like I don't want to spoil spoil. I mean, it's I mean that's whole, what we like, do. That's talking, what this we're talking it's about a movie review movies, podcast. But, but, like, you have this thing where, like, the town gets word that this, this dude is, like, killing people. And they show up while the cop, like, negotiated the release of this guy who's really just, like, a mentally challenged kid that was raised by this house of this family from the X-Files, if you know that episode that I'm referring to, uh, that everyone's related. <laughs> and... They like they're like fine. We'll let him go if you'll just leave us alone. And they're about to let him go, and then you know the townspeople show up and and burn the place down, and they steal a baby from this house, and the baby is Alexander Daddario. So like this is like crazy. It's very well thought up. Now the delivery, it's wishy washy, right? Like there's definitely that teeny angsty group of friends who don't really belong, like don't really have each other's back and don't really belong together, but they're just kind of like forced into this situation. It has Scott Eastwood who just came up on my fast and furious podcast and it, uh, which this didn't come up when we were talking about his credits. Um, I want to look up the director because, um, uh, he, uh, he did the Leatherface film, which mm-hmm. I think, uh, which is yeah, like the I guess like the spiritual sequel. I thought this, this was a spiritual sequel to the the beginning. Yeah, it is. It's a it's like a direct sequel to the first movie. So and ignoring every other Texas. movie. No, I'm I'm sorry. I thought this was a sequel to Texas Chainsaw: The Beginning, the yeah. one that came oh, out a few oh, years oh. before it with uh, Jessica Biel. Yes. And, yeah, uh, no, Dior Baird, and uh, you know what? Actually, no, uh, because with the clips they show, it's from the original. Okay, at the beginning, so it's definitely like immediately. Uh, like I've seen it, I remember that, I it. That. But I guess it's not very memorable because I don't remember a whole lot about it. Um, yeah, I think it, if you ask me to recount Friday the Thirteenth, the remake, I can tell you that Jensen uh, Ackles is in it, and that's and that it has it takes place in that cabin and people have sex. Uh, yeah, but I still enjoyed the movie a lot. I'm sure just, you did. As by you your the... your your quick memory. Um, <laughs> well, that's every Friday the Thirteenth. So the thing that I was going to say is, <laughs> I, I have a couple things here. This comes at a time where there's a lot of remakes. Ooh, um, mm-hmm. I feel like the Texas Chainsaw remakes was basically like somebody did Halloween and it was good, so they were like, let's remake everything. Yes, and I, I definitely feel like I maybe I got burnt out, so maybe I didn't give this one the full attention that I should have. But also, sure. Texas Chainsaw has been rebooted and remade so many yeah. goddamn times yes, that I never I never want to watch not the original again. It's not like Friday the 13th. It's not like Jason. I'm I'm open to seeing new takes on those stories. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw story I've seen so many damn times. It's like 
Somebody give me a Texas Chainsaw that I haven't seen yet. Yeah. Where is the Renee Leatherface like, in New York? <laughs> you know, it's like give me something else because it's man, yeah. it's it's. I hear you on that. The original, which I am so planning to watch with the wife, she hates Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but that's because I took her to the Jessica Biel one, and that's all she thinks Texas Chainsaw is, and she thinks Texas Chainsaw is like the most gory, sawrific thing, and I keep mm. telling her the original isn't. It's not like that. It was in its time, but in our time, it's not. It's considered kind of clean, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, but it's it's perfect. It's one of the best horror movies of all time, you know? Yeah. And I can't wait to rewatch it um, this year. It's definitely on the top of my to-do list, actually. Um, so it's timeful that you brought that up. But at the same time, I mean, I've watched, I've watched all of them but Leatherface. I, have I haven't seen Leatherface, Leatherface either. Um, I will say I did look it up. It, it is um, uh, the seventh installment in Texas Chainsaw, um, but it is a direct sequel to the 74 film. Um, okay. Even having two of the stars from the 74 film. And I film, guess maybe I it. thought that in my huh. head because the beginning is basically a remake. <laughs> so, yes, that you is know, a remake. Yeah. So I guess maybe I was just going there because they're both modern that I thought it was, I actually thought it was a follow-up. It's like, I watched the one with Jessica Biel and now this is the sequel um, because yeah. the original one is basically a, a prequel or a re-beginning. To offer some criticism, I will say this. So when they open the film, they do show a lot of kills from the first movie. And it reminds you of how simple and elegant like kills were back then to cut to movies like this where they're just a little They cut away the from top. a lot of the gore. It's a lot of implied gore. Yeah, it's like a yeah. hammer, it hits a guy, and then you, you don't black. see anything or, else. I mean, but now we're in these films where like you have to see the He's hammer. He's actually break hanging people on hooks. Of bone. Yeah. Yeah. And they I show think. them hang a girl on hooks, but all she does is scream. Like you don't see the, the hook. hook hanging. But Pure that's from an older film. Yeah. Nowadays, you have to see it go through the front of their chest. Otherwise, you know, so I, di I definitely appreciate like the nuance of like the older films where you, you, it's up to your imagination. And you that's scarier. See. Yeah, it's definitely scary. That's why you people that are older it. than us that saw Texas Chainsaw in theaters, that's why it has the, the zeitgeist, the rumor mill of that it yeah. has. That's why people think it's that way because they were scared to death to think what was happening on screen. Right. It's actually one of the things I bring up quite often about child's play. A lot of people make fun of Chucky, and it's like the original child's play was terrifying. It was you, terrifying. You never see Chucky <laughs> for like two yeah. thirds of the movie. You never see mm -hmm. what's going on. It's all implied. Um, yeah. I miss that in I films. I miss that quite a bit. And I didn't like the Texas Chainsaw where it was like, let's show you Texas Chainsaw meets Saw and Hostile. It's like, no, yeah. you're ruining one of the classic horror movies of all time. Don't do yeah. this. So I probably have bias that clouds my judgment from ever wanting to like it, to be honest with no, you. No, and that's totally valid. Um, if I saw more movies on my short list of movies, it might not make it. It is number three after all. However, I still think this is a movie worth seeing just because of how loyal it is to the first film if you liked the first film <laughs> otherwise don't, don't bother <laughs> love the original i love the original yeah. it's one of the best yeah it's it's worth watching watching even if you don't like love it at, on the whole i think there's a lot done in homage to the original film that you can get some enjoyment and i would offer even if you don't watch the original maybe you look up how the original was made it's a story in itself like what the cast and the crew went through mm. 
to pull off what became the original and 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 how it took off and like the is that on that series on when it was Shutter? released? I'm sorry. Is that on that series? No, no. These are just things that I've picked up when I've when I've oh, researched it and find it and on YouTube and so I would love it because it was brutal. I think there was some behind the scenes commentary that I think I watched. I think that's what I'm recalling. I'm not exactly. It might yeah. have just been on YouTube, mm. but they they were filming like just with cameras and like 105 degrees like it was just oh. <laughs> brutally awful um yeah. and everybody basically hated it and then the movie comes out and it was universally beloved and it basically made a star out of everybody it was fantastic i mean obviously you know toby hooper goes down forever right yes he's icon mount rushmore so yep yep Cool. That's my number three. We spent too much time on my number three. <laughs> hey, it's going to be a great year. This is a great episode, guys. But That's you, okay. Lucas. I'm here to bring it down. No. <laughs> That'll be number two, but we'll go with number three for now. Uh, you guys remember a little movie called Mama? Ah, Mama. Yes, I, tried, I do. I tried to watch this, Lucas. I couldn't find it anywhere. Oh, that's too bad. Um Again, the the commercials for this, you know, they it, it, when the commercial has the trailer has some kind of hook, yeah, like or you know something like that, then uh, it, it sticks in your memory. I just looked and, at the at the at the um the poster from mm-hmm. the creator of Pan's Labyrinth, which is what got me to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. and it's always confusing when it comes to Guillermo del Toro because you don't know what. It's, it's hard like to nail down. By. <laughs> yes, it's always hard to nail down exactly how involved he was, which is amazing because it does still feel like one of his films. And I think he helps foster that because a lot of his films have this uh, very colorful, strangely, yep. especially for this, like for these, this genre specifically, but also uh, fairy tale esque in a yes. lot of move, uh, a lot of his movies. Um, and that is definitely no different here with mama. Um, so it's about these two girls that are found by a cup well, found by this guy. I think he was a hunter and he get, they get, um, adopted by family. I believe it's their, their, someone's niece or something. I don't remember for sure, but anyways, I believe it's family, this couple, uh, fairly young couple and also i think a pre game of thrones um nikolai nikola co-star co- uh nikolai, and of the king uh can't say his last name coster waldo <laughs> that's the one sure we'll go with you that you can't yes. find him but he's there exactly um waldo. gosh he's in the striped right. shirt <laughs> <laughs> um and I, yeah, so I watched this movie and again, it has this fairy tale feel and mm-hmm. it starts off. You just kind of get hooked by this idea that these feral young girls who are like eight years old or somewhere around in there, eight to 10 are just completely, it, it's like they've been raised by wolves. It really is. They've been living out in, in the woods and they have no idea of what life is like in a city or in a house or anything like that. So you have that whole story kind of hooking you. But then as the story continues, you find out that there's this other entity that they call mama and you start to learn about who mama is. And it's, it goes beyond a simple, um, I don't want to say haunting, but it's a ghost wolf. 
possession. Yes, it's a um, dire wolf. Um, it goes beyond that that um, kind of haunting slash uh, infestation of some spirit into more of a protective mama role. It's this thing that took care of them when they were in the forest. Spoilers, I guess. Uh, and that whole idea, learning about who this mama character is finding out it's not just some demon or whatever, but it's actually something that was kind of a force for good in a weird way, but it's fighting against our nature of who we are as humans, right? Like we look at these two girls who haven't been civilized and we think we need to correct this. We need to fix this. And like mama, this, this demon or whatever, the spirit is like, Hey, I've been over here taking care of these girls just fine (laughs) and I will protect them like a mama bear. And uh, that whole aspect of the story, I remember just hooking me and I really want to go back and watch it again. And it makes me kind of sad that you couldn't find it on streaming. I wouldn't mind purchasing this one though. Um, And the, the, the ending was climactic. I remember that uh, also. And just, more than anything, the way the film looks, again, going back to just the... That's definitely the as- Del Toro. The aesthetic. Yeah, it very much is. It, it almost has this motorcycle race to it. Josh, is <laughs> is is the Fast and the Furious taking off over there? What the hell's going inner, on at your house, man? Inner, inner city. You just... We get it here as well. It's not great for podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> you should yell out the window. Can't you tell I'm podcasting over here? Please Howard keep your be shot, down. dude. Tell Dom to cool it, please. <laughs> oh gosh, he knows um, we're almost done with him. He wants to keep it alive. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's almost graphic novel esque in yes. a way. It really is, and uh, sometimes things are style over substance. But I think that generally, on a whole. Guillermo del Toro's movies, whether he's presenting them, directing them, <laughs> writing them, making a video game, whatever it is, it tends to be pretty measured. And there's a little bit of something there for everybody. He doesn't just put his name on anything. Yeah, that's true. But he'll put his likeness. In I was going to ask, are you guys, <laughs> are you guys fans of Guillermo? Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yes. I went back and watched some of his earlier stuff, even just because I was interested to see like, Sometimes we're people, directors like this, who kind of have this aura about them, like presented by, like not everybody gets to do that. Yep. Uh, Work with video game uh, creators. You want to see where they started from. Like, has it always been this way? And with him, his tone has been, generally speaking, consistent throughout his entire oeuvre, if you want to get real fancy. His body of work, uh, starting with his Spanish-speaking films, which... I was glad to go back and kind of check that out. So I would, I would tell anybody to do so um, just as a exercise in movie elitism. I was going to ask because <laughs> I feel like so many of his movies, especially in the horror genre, I feel like missed the mark for me. And it's, it's one of those things where I don't feel as connected to people because he's definitely has that reputation, right? He's lauded and it's like not many of them I really adore. And all the things you were saying about mama and I remember it just made me keep thinking of Crimson Peak, which is one that I actually like. And, yeah, uh, I like yeah, that one he, too. He's definitely that visual flair, you know, that ornateness is uh, kind of a definite ringer for him. 
And uh, and I, I always love that about his movies. And and not that it's the same because it's very very different, but it it does always kind of remind me when I watch that film and some of the others. Um, I always kind of have that shining feeling where it's just like look at everything that's going on. Everything seems to have purpose. Yeah, you know, um, visually, yeah. not just like we're shooting the set because it looks cool. No, it visually has a, a meaning. And yeah, there's story there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the strength of Guillermo and probably the weakness of his films in the horror genre is that there's story there. And sometimes a horror, like somebody looking for a horror movie may want jump scares in that type of horror, the Me. whole roller coaster ride. Yeah, right. And you're, def- you're yeah. definitely not going to get that here. And that's probably where his films don't deliver. Okay. And probably why I put this at number three, Mama. Number two for me is The Conjuring from James Wan and Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. We're going to have some words. Horror. I'm so confused by this choice. Horror royalty. Um, Okay. I love so much about this movie, but I just want to say, I want to ask, has there ever been a more famous, well-known paranormal investigator (laughs) researcher than the Warrens? No. They are- This, their entire life history is just, I mean, it's already, it's already famous for uh, Amityville, right? They are all a part of that. And that's what most people yep. know for them. And that's been in, in, in forever. And I kind of wish the Conjuring universe would bring Amityville into it, um, and redo it because maybe, I don't know how you guys feel. Several of the Amityville m- movies miss the mark. <laughs> I've only seen the the recent one. I would like Ryan to see Reynolds. a really, really good one. Um, that would be fantastic, but. This 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 movie uh, I absolutely love. It has Ron Livingston who makes an appearance uh, from The Office, and yeah, I always um In full dad mode. Do you guys ever get confused him with Kyle Chandler? Yes, kind of. Yeah, like they kind of yeah, yeah. like I, look alike. They play that. a lot of the same roles. <laughs> and that's oh a, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the Warrens' history is awesome and i am a conjuring universe fan and you guys already know that about me so i'm absolutely bringing that bias here um i love the the conjuring universe i love the warren stories i think because they are rooted in reality this story the conjuring is rooted in reality of the perrin family hauntings of rhode island josh so very uh, close yeah and and like the house is there and 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 all that and the Bathsheba and the the lore and everything that people don't know if it's true or not but uh, it's all that colonial history an infant definitely died in her care that's documented a a needle was put through an infant's skull like that's documented by police that happened on her watch and then she died and all of this has become lore since then from speculation everybody thinks she was a witch and all that and whether it was true or not i don't really care about i think it makes for great storytelling and great scary horror movies and the conjuring is a great movie it's it's by the book horror right the the house is haunted (laughs) family moves into the house guess who won't go in the house the dog Right. The kids start to get haunted. Yep. The wife starts to get haunted. You get possession. You've got an exorcism. People change faces and things are happening. And, and I absolutely love it. It's, there's so much of, um, why I like horror and also why my wife likes horror. And I think the conjuring universe is a place where our two interests, both my wife and I's meet. 
in so many mm-hmm. different ways because she doesn't like slashers like I like slashers and I don't like thrillers and dramas like she does and the conjuring universe kind of brings a lot of those at an intersection and i think that maybe enhances it for me personally i think that's why i bring so much uh, enthusiasm about the movies i think patrick wilson and vera formiga are some of the best cast characters in horror movies of this modern day i don't know if i could ever think of a better casting than both of these i think they were both casted perfectly and it's kind of like um I always think of roles in the sense that, like, I think Robert Downey Jr. was born to be Iron Man. I couldn't imagine another Iron Man. Sure. I can't imagine another Warren couple. They are the Warrens. <laughs> it's it's so well, and good. You have to have somebody who looks the part for that era, too. You can't just have anybody step in and be 70s era, you know. Um, and they do such a good job of doing that. Yep. that it. Like you say, it's hard to imagine anybody else. They sell it so well. The sell, like it's just sold. And I was there when it came out. I was so excited for it. And I've been, I've been for everyone since they set up Annabelle in the movie, which yeah. everybody's terrified of Annabelle. The original yeah. Annabelle didn't look anything like the scary doll. <laughs> I try to tell my kids that I secretly want an Annabelle doll. I'm trying to get Chucky a friend and my kids are losing their minds. They're like, you can't have Annabelle. I'm like, you realize the original <laughs> Annabelle was Raggedy Ann. It didn't look anything like this doll. It's but but they're terrified of it, and that's just from the movies, and they haven't even seen the movies. They've just seen trailers and snippets, and they know that I like the movie, and they're terrified. <laughs> so um, anytime a movie can scare kids without them even seeing it is a winner in my book. And um, for all the right reasons, possession and the religious and the exorcism and the haunting. And I was reading up the, the true story um, last week when I was looking up some of the, the fun facts about this movie. The family, the parent family, they accounted for years, decades after the real life things happened that they were haunted. They never broke character. So whether you believe them or not, they believe themselves. And that's People all you really need to know. their museum are notoriously haunted or ill-fated. Wow. Not even a joke. Die on the way home. Things like crazy, unless these two people are killing those people on their way home, it <laughs> is insane some of the stories that have happened to people. I was so upset that their museum got the museum. shut down. I've always wanted yeah. to go. My wife said I mean, she would never step in. She was like, I'm never walking in there. I probably wouldn't go. Either. I absolutely wanted to go. I just It would be amazing. But um, for all the right reasons, this thing kicked off what is like 10 movies since. So just to give you an idea of how popular this movie was and is, um, you know, this movie itself has had um, two sequels and another one that's on the way. And it kicked off Annabelle and um, uh, the nun and, and all the other things that come with it. And um, it's a big, big favorite of mine this decade. And again, speaking to how great 2013 is, is number two for me. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, for me, (laughs) It was my number one pick, actually. Wow! I I watched it today, uh, less than twenty four hours ago, and I'm glad I did. Uh, I rented it, and I'm glad I did because I um I haven't seen it since it came out in theaters, and I remember liking it in theaters. I remember actually being excited for this movie, just the the whole premise around it, like the whole true story of it, and everything, the ghost hunter feel of it. And like I wanted it to be good, right? I, I was hoping it would be good. How many movies in the horror thing have the paranormal investigators come in and it's cheesy and corny and dumb? Right, right. It's and this just, is never that. It's slamming doors and and like and Insidious, Insidious Chapter Two, kind of, kind of, kind of stupid. 
And you put it best when you say it, it really is a combination of a ghost story or a haunting with an exorcism. And it's like the best of all of those worlds put together. Um, but they really make the world like, like you said, it doesn't even matter if it's true or false in the sense of it being a movie. It is so much more entertaining when they surround this with story and news articles and stuff that really just makes it like, I don't, I don't care if they actually clipped out real news articles and film them. I really don't. What I care is that they build this lore that makes everything that's happening believable. It makes the people who are telling you that like, don't take Annabelle out of the case. This movie's not about Annabelle at all, but they talk about it and it makes you go, these people know what they're talking about. And it gives weight to everything that happens in this movie i've talked about in the past with grouchy search where i'll give a little plug here it really is the mcu of like horror movies and that so many <laughs> things get laid and alluded to and dropped as for future things and if you if you buy in and you watch all of it i think you have a bigger appreciation for all of it as opposed to just seeing the one the last thing I'll, i agree the last thing i'll say too before i forget is this is a um very good example of pacing in a horror movie because there's always there's always this ride happening that we talk about right but this is a perfect example of let's have some family time we're gonna transition this family time into something that might be scary oh false alarm next family time actual scary things are happening now and you're not just getting these for lack of a better term, jump scares, but also you are endearing yourself to this family and you want to see them survive this. Yeah. And that's another, that's another important facet of these movies. Isn't just a haunted house. And the jump scares, like they build on each other as they build to, you know, the climax, they all kind of make the other one, you know, they all tie together. It's not just jump scare for scare. And then it's on to the next one. Right. When you see, it's done in such an order that when you see the wind blow a sheet off the clothesline and it wraps around a figure by that point, you know that that is bad news. They don't use it early as like a cheap jump scare because you're just like, okay, who could that be? But now you're wondering, Oh no, who could that be? Is you know, what spirit (laughs) is going to bring up the, the, the sheet? That's a great scene. It really is. It really is. Uh, So many examples there. And I have a new appreciation. It had been so long. I'm glad I watched it. And that's why it made my number one. Maybe even an homage to Halloween. There's a sheet scene there too. Are you Josh? What do you think of the conjuring? Three sheets to the wind. Or do you give us your number two? The conjuring is out of my comfort Uh, zone. Okay. Uh, I can't. I mean, I might watch it. I mm-hmm. thought Hereditary was out of my comfort zone before I watched it because I thought it was the type of movie The Conjuring is. <laughs> um, it's not. <laughs> what, do you, uh, what do you mean by out of your comfort zone? Like, I have a real? tough time because of an early exposure to poltergeist with poltergeisty movies. Gotcha. So it's just like paranormal activity. That was a mistake for me to see that in theaters. Uh, ah. I didn't sleep for months. That's why I love it. Uh, so I just have like this adverse reaction to it. And uh, obviously I, I am the type of person who can separate myself from cinema in real life, but for whatever reason, anxiety doesn't care about that. Those right. movies don't clear that checkpoint. Yeah, <laughs> I get you. I think, um, um, and I saw that. And you mentioned that sheet and I, the second you said it, gave you chills. Yeah, 
I remember the trailer. That's how the damn good this movie is. Edit. It's so and good. As soon as you said it, I immediately went from considering watching it <laughs> to nope to not <laughs> not gonna watch. It's it. so funny because with like with slashers or anything that's like beyond that, my wife is a total no. But the moment when you yeah. root something in like possession or ghosts or religion. I think it's that element of realness that she needs yeah. to buy in. She loves those things. Like they pull her in in a way. And um, I could watch a hundred conjurings and she would be right on the couch with me every time. Like she gets into it. It's like almost yeah. like a true crime thing. You know, she wants yeah, to figure like, it out. Growing up, my mom, she always believed in. She's also Catholic. Ghosts uh-huh. and psychic dimensions, stuff like that. So that stuff was always present in my life. And, I have memories in this house I'm in now seeing um, a wedding gown go through the dining room, which is right over here mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. And I also have memories of smelling my grandfather's cigar in the room he used to live in here, which is my bedroom. Oh, man. Now, but he had passed five years before that. So I have this. So you're just weird- like hesitant to even. Dare? I haven't cleared. I haven't cleared the. I don't believe that it's possible realm, <laughs> which no. is why it's tough for me to watch those movies mentally. I think when it the first thing you tell that the movie tells you is this is based on a true story. Like I don't blame yeah. you at all. And then I read all the things. It's so close to me. Like I could drive there in forty minutes. It's so close to me that there's a lot of people in my area and friends who do those like haunted journeys in yeah. October. Yeah, and and they were doing that. Hey, we're going to the Conjuring House Museum or whatever, like right after the film came out. And then all of a sudden, all these articles are coming out about like the real life stories about what happened to people who went to visit the museum. Not just like (laughs) lived there or knew these people, but just people who get caught up in this thing that if it's real, they don't, you shouldn't be caught up in. (laughs) So yeah, that's when my brain has a tough time separating the, I don't I haven't I don't have a a firm stance on if ghosts are real or not. Is it hailing? Yes. Period. Okay, that's what it was. <laughs> I was gonna say. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, totally. Yes, that's what's happening right now. Like yeah, we this has been real. this is the third time in like fifteen days this has happened. Josh, I one hundred percent agree with you, except that I, I like putting myself in those situations. That's the situation where unlike most horror you movies, feel alive. that's the situation <laughs> where my hair stick up and I'm like now yeah. we're talking. Now I'm feeling something that most things can't make me feel. I'll never forget. Um, I can only say it now because it's so long ago. It'll never make it into our podcast list. The Exorcism of Emily Rose. How mm-hmm. real they played that movie and how much they detailed like the hauntings and the, and the devil's witching hour and stuff. I won't get up at 3.15 in the morning. Like I'll wake up and look. I'm like Mm-mm, I'll hold it. I'll wait. Yeah. Like, nope, yeah. I'm not doing it. <laughs> When because I saw, even if you think it's insane or asinine, there's still just if it's one percent, that's all it needs for you to be like, not gonna risk it. <laughs> yeah. When I saw the sixth sense in theaters, the scene where he is in the tent and he has to go to the bathroom, and it's a red tent, and that ghost lady is like patrolling the kitchen mm-hmm. and goes after him. When I, I was living, I was I was younger. I was living at home, and I don't know why this would ever have happened. But my mother had a red lampshade on the light in the kitchen that she left on at night, and I had to go pee 
And I opened the door from my bedroom, and the kitchen was glowing in red light. So you were like, nope. Oh, no. I was terrified. (laughs) And this is why horror movies are amazing. There are no other movies that can garner these sort of feelings that can make people change their behavior. Ruin your life. (laughs) I don't know. Ever since I saw Billy Madison, I pee my pants every day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All the cool kids. What an amazing do. movie. And it's still, it's number two for me. Number two. I should, I think I'll watch it. I think I'll suck it up and watch it. I'll watch it during the daytime though. It, it, <laughs> it, it gives you breathers. So it's not like it's a nonstop, you know, I think you'll be okay. And the Warrens, because okay. of Patrick Wilson and Vera, like they're charming. Yeah. You know, like they yeah. are. That makes it easier to watch. <laughs> <laughs> they are. It's just like, these are nice people. They're so charming. <laughs> So my number two is World War Z, actually. Um, Mm. I never thought going into World War Z, this would even be a movie that I held in high regard. But it's actually super underrated given the budget and the actor. You would think it wouldn't be. A Brad Pitt movie, underrated. It, It blends Outbreak and a zombie movie together. That's true. It, It adds two heightened fears um, to this this guy who's just trying to do the right thing. And it's it's scary in a lot of different ways. You have the family element, right? So it's scary. And I haven't watched this movie since I had a kid. I think that would change um, hmm. yeah. even more because I started noticing some movies I watch, um, like the Owen Wilson Noah's, uh, movie, um, shoot, when he's in the in the country that gets taken over during a civil war, and he has to throw his daughters across a roof. Uh, mm, yeah, I recommended like, it for a flux to, uh, for a watch it played. I watch it played for a next Netflixation. Um, uh, like movies like that, I find I I I have this like different reaction to now, but they really captured a new version of zombies, right? Like we already know fast moving zombies, we know that. Um, but it added this level because not only are, are the zombies scary outside, like what they can do in the open, but you're he's dealing with these things in close proximity for a lot of the movie, and he's and he has it's not just escape the zombies, right? It's I have a mission, I have to get this like cure, and I have to get this through over multiple countries and it's adapted from this brilliant Max Brooks book, um, which I think they did a pretty good job at adapting. Um, I just really enjoyed it. But once again, in a year in like the Donnie year of horror movies, this could have been three instead of Texas or four. If maybe I saw the conjuring and, and it's my um, number five. If that gives okay. you any, and, and any. other movies, um, I don't want to make it sound like I'm defending my choice for picking it because I still no, do genuinely it. think um, it's a very good film. Um, uh, but it also straddles the horror border, right? So one of the things that I did write down is Mark Forster, his Monster Ball, Quantum Solace. Yeah, know, so he's got some stuff there, and obviously, you know, Brad Pitt. Um, the worst new James Bond movie <laughs> is number five on my list behind another one I'll name when we're done um, I think it's a great blockbuster it's definitely a 
a zombie movie. It's a good zombie movie. I watched it last yeah. year. I definitely think some of the thing that takes you out of the horror is the fact that this entire world is crumbling. And yet yes. Brad Pitt keeps finding ways to like globetrot <laughs> from America to Israel to Britain. You yeah. know, it's a little <laughs> like, but, but it does bring a lot of the realism of kind of like contact tracing and the pandemic and stuff. And like the whole cure thing, I do think is a little bit cheap. It's kind of like this war of the worlds type of thing. I was like, yeah, but we've known the solution the whole time. Ah, so th- like that part kind of, and like the ending doesn't stick the landing with me. That's the one thing that I always remember about that movie of him just walking out of that hallway and everything, just everything's cool. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's dumb for everything that we've set up this entire say, time. Wasn't there a part me. and where he, there's something with a pipe or something and he just does something Look, that this is a giant blockbuster movie. It was the number one movie, right? In the box, in the box office. Yes. So one. I'm not going to be bad and spoiling it. Basically what they find out is that people with uh, immune deficiencies, the zombies don't want to kill. So they infect themselves and then the zombies don't attack them. So he infects himself as he's being haunted across a door and he literally just walks out. And that's like basically the end of the movie. Just uh, yeah. him walking down a hallway as zombies, you know, don't attack him around him. And it's just like, I get it. I understand. Like I said, War of the Worlds type thing. Like I understood the ending and definitely get what they were doing. I just don't think it's a very good ending based on the amount of destruction and everything they've shown to that point. It's, eh. I think I need to go back and watch this with a different lens um, because I think there's something there uh, for building a new zombie breed. Like you're talking about a new contagion slash zombie crisis. Yep. Or, you know that's what I mean? exactly um, what it is. Yep. There's something there that's being played with that I can appreciate. And it's a smart movie. Like said, you know, like that's another yeah, thing that I do like yeah. about it. It is a very smart movie. It's not just destruction for destruction's sake. Like things have reason. And you, you, as he journeys, he picks up all these little things that lead to the ultimate, you know, I guess discovery, the aha, the eureka moment. It just yeah. feels like for what the eureka moment is, I feel like somebody would have noticed it at some point. Sure, you would think that we wouldn't be in a pandemic in August either. <laughs> that's true. Touche. <laughs> Okay, that's my number two, dudes. Well, what's your number three? Please remind me, I forgot. My number three, Texas Chainsaw. Thank you. Three D. <laughs> For those two D score at home. I can't imagine watching the movie in three D. Why? There's a scene like at the opening where she's cutting meat uh, at a butcher shop and the, <laughs> and it slides towards camera, and yeah. I I just like audibly went. Ugh, that was one of the shots. Listen, <laughs> I will never forget my experience at uh, Para. I forgot. Never mind. <laughs> he said, "I'll never forget my experience Universal. that he forgot." I forgot. Universal, <laughs> Universal Studios. Um, <laughs> Terminator Two, the Terminator ah, Two, yeah. uh, the ride. Yeah, three yeah. D glasses and everything. When I was young, whew, that three D. I remember still the the. Explosion. Did you think the people walking in front of you were three D? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that looks like Sarah Connor's really here. That's where all, my, where all my love for VR and 3D come from. So, but I say, how can you watch a movie in 2D? He's still chasing that high. I am. Nothing. Nothing gets better than Terminator 2 from 1994. Whatever. Well, so you, next movie you watch, just put on uh, some goggles. I'll stand next to you and blow in your face. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. <thank> God. Lucas, <laughs> number two. 
<laughs> I told you my number. Or, yeah, my number. Uh, no, number two, I'm going to lose some people here. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have even seen this movie. You may know of it. I hope someone here has seen it. I am shocked that you're not going to list me and Donnie's number one movie. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Number Go ahead. What's your number two? Under the Skin with Scarlett Johansson? I've seen that movie, yeah. Okay, okay. I just found out what this movie is about. I honestly, before last week, just thought it was about Scarlett Johansson being naked. Being naked for like <laughs> one minute. <laughs> Probably a body double, anyways. Well, maybe not. No, it's not. Okay. Trust me. Oh, I better go back and watch it. Um, so, Donnie knows exactly why, besides that reason, why I would like this movie, I'm sure. Because it is very slow. It is. Uh, it is very thoughtful. <sighs> I don't want to spoil it, but it's hard to talk about it without really giving you the crux of the entire story. So it's, it tells you almost nothing. It starts with the weirdest, like one of the weirdest intros. You have no idea what's going on. This person is, is stalking another person, killing this person and assuming its identity for, for the best. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. Stop it. This just then. <laughs> Not again. I thought after the first two. There's no Fine. way. Fine, I choose whatever you guys' number one is. No, no, no. March no, 14th, just, 2014. You're not supposed to no. read the chat out loud. I would have just said it into the microphone. <laughs> Why is it? Li- okay, IMDB needs April to 4th, 2014, the United States. <laughs> no. It's not true. It is. Well, technically, it's it came totally out in true. Toronto. So look, we, we, look, we look, Lucas. Lucas, listen to me. In the list, then. Lucas, it made it didn't make my list, so I'm gonna, I'll allow it. But <laughs> USA, 29th of August, 2013, at the as we all know, Tell You Ride Film Festival. <laughs> but yes. we are going off of. I know that theater releases. Why would I? Am- uh, no. <laughs> I can't be expected to look up all these movies. Continue. I want to hear more. So, so folks, yes, um, this movie was not going to make my 2014 list either. So, by all means, yeah, it won't make mine because I've never seen it. Everyone's going to talk about it in the next. Like, keep going, keep going. It was too good to not type that. Though you just can't use it next episode. I hate it. I hate this website. Um, I hate this rule. So, under the skin, you have this person killing people and assuming their identity. Yes, and you don't know why. Throughout the movie, you basically learn that Scarlett Johansson plays an alien entity of some sort, a very alien entity that doesn't really have a form. When she abducts these people, she takes them to this weird white room and all this black goo starts filling up the entire area. She'll lure lure men, women, doesn't matter, into this black pool and they're basically never seen again um i don't know it's just alluring it's so odd there's very little dialogue it is very weird it reminds me um of parts of that natalie portman sci-fi horror annihilation annihilation definitely it's like all the weirdest parts of that movie but for two hours or, or whatever um 
but there's some interesting things here. Uh, this this entity starts to empathize with humanity. Um, it starts to wonder about its purpose. It uh, falls in love with a person, a human. None of this is said, really. You you get this impression through the acting. Imagine that. Um, but those messages in that story and the idea that an alien whose sole job is basically to harvest humans, as far as we can tell through the movie, was just an interesting night for me where I just put this thing on and it felt like this weird vision quest or something. You know, this whole movie, it has odd music, has this odd imagery. You don't know what's going on. So it leads you to want to watch more to get the answer to the question. And then you get to the end and you don't really know if you, if it was worth it for that whole entire journey, but it was more about the journey for me than it was about getting to the end and finding out the answer. It was about what was happening to this entity and the feelings it was feeling and how it almost seemed childlike because it didn't know about the world. I don't even know watching the movie if it knew what it was doing. And like those questions are what were drew me to this movie. There's a movie that we are definitely going to talk about later on at some point in this podcast that I'm going to remember everything you just said about this movie because uh, is it next year in this movie it's definitely one of the reasons why i think because um, it's going to make my list because i definitely agree that it's great but it definitely left me hanging and i hated it for it so it we'll, we'll talk 61, about it later 61 61st on the bbc's 100 greatest films of the 21st century wow, wow. i wouldn't that's that's real high for me it's um <laughs> that's high praise it well it's one of those movies where you either you really appreciate it or you find it completely boring. And yeah. I understand both sides. I really can, because this is the movie that I watch by myself because I know nobody else is going to go on that journey with me. They're going to be like 20 minutes go by. What the hell's going on? I this was definitely crazy. that guy that I, I watched it. I remember watching it and I was just like, this is weird and I'm not really into it. And it's kind of dumb. And I don't blame you one bit. I really I can understand that. 5.2 million pounds on a budget of 8 million pounds. It was a commercial oh. disaster. <laughs> it's not for everybody. No, it's on my list. Actually, I'm you sold it to me. I'm apologizing right now. but In fact, I'm going to make my wife watch a movie. So I, so in case she walks in the room and Scarlett Jansen's fully nude in front of a mirror, I can get in trouble. Just make sure you, <laughs> if you start the movie. Oh, wait, no, there's two scenes at the beginning and towards the end. So as long okay. as you're watching in the middle. When Honey, come in the middle. <laughs> Oh, my God. Okay. Number one on my list. Produced by Robert Taubert, Sam Raimi, and Bruce Campbell. Directed by Fetty Alvarez. Fetty Alvarez directing the film, a version of one of my my favorite book series coming out next year. A 57 on Metacritic, which is criminal. Criminal. (laughs) Is a remake. wrong. (laughs) <laughs> the remake, my favorite remake in a horror movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Evil Dead. Yeah. Yeah. You go By on. The way, Jane Levy. Incredible. You go on a limb whenever you remake something so beloved. You remake Texas Chainsaw, you remake Nightmare on Elm Street, you remake Halloween. 
I have never seen a remake that pulls it off so incredibly well. I personally tell people that I prefer this Evil Dead to the original. I do, personally. Because (laughs) the polish and the production and the modern like elements because look don't get me wrong i love the evil dead and i'm i'm not the bruce campbell fan that josh is for those of you not watching the video so i'm gonna let josh have his speak um but i love the evil dead the evil dead for the longest time has been my favorite scary movie go ahead lucas i was gonna say i can agree with you in that this is definitely the more filmic version yes. of the compared to the original the original is very indie and it's very ad hoc and it shows and i don't think that's for everybody right like i love it for what it is and what it represents and like i said for years my favorite scary movie was the evil dead and it wasn't because of the second one in army of darkness and all that like i'm not that fan i know there are legions of that fan i'm not that fan i'm not but I love the original Evil Dead because, in my opinion, like it's the barometer through which I judge all other horror movies off of. I think it's perfect. Wow. It does horror storytelling and the the standard kids go to a cabin in the woods and it does the plot and it does the pacing perfectly. I feel like there's very little wasted time when I watch the Evil Dead. And that's not something that I can say for most horror movies. A lot of yeah. horror movies lollygag. A lot of horror movies will sit you down and they'll have this period of time where they explain to you the entire history of everything to get you invested mm-hmm. into what they're doing. The Evil Dead has never done that. It's like, look, we got some kids. They're going to a cabin in the woods. We're going to kill some folks. There's some possession. It's a bloodbath and we're out. And I love that it is that. It's kind of like a Texas Chainsaw thing. I love that it commits to exactly what it wants to be. I'm I'm still talking about the original. Yeah. And it commits to that and it goes for it. And that's all it does. And you can't, I I can't fault anything for doing that. And when I heard that it was being remade, I was both giddy and terrified because I was like, this is my favorite horror movie and they're going to ruin it. Like they did nightmare on Elm street. (laughs) They did everything else. (laughs) And then I was there the night this movie came out, I was there at midnight. I watched it as soon as I could. I went with my three best friends. My wife did not come with me. And Wolfpack. I fucking adored the remake. It's perfect. I think it improves upon the original in the sense that it is more filmic. It is more polished. It looks better. It doesn't have that feel. But it it's a perfect homage to the original. It It lives up to the original in every way. And then I think does the things that the original didn't do as well better. And I don't think it does any disservice to the original ever. Um, there's nothing oh, about the second sure. that I think makes the original look bad or it doesn't live up to it. I think in every way possible, it feels like it was handled with extreme care and looking at who produced it. And I imagine I don't follow the movies like you guys, cause Josh, you might be in, in, to school me here. I imagine they had to be heavily involved. Um, well, either that or the director yeah. was, a super fan. <laughs> all, all, all three of our producers, Bruce, um, Rob, and Sam. I mean, I just, I love the way it looks to me. The right. Evil Dead remake, 2013, the perfect amount of gore for Donnie. It doesn't go too far. It doesn't, it doesn't shy on it. It's not implied. It's there. There's a lot of it. You get all the amazing scenes. You get the kiss scene. You get the nail gun. 
all of it I love. It's brutal. It is a bloodbath. It honors what the original was, but it doesn't, yeah. it's not saw. It's not hostile. It doesn't go too far. It's not torture porn. It's horror. It's a th- scary thriller. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. And it's short. It's perfect. It's concise. I love it. I, I love it. And, and I always bring up the pacing. And I think when I say pacing, that's what I mean by short. It's extremely tight. Like I said, you don't feel like there's any wasted scene. It does exactly what it sets out to do. No more, no less. You're in, you're out. It's exactly what it what it sets out to do. And for that reason, I love it. Um, I, like I said, for years, I, I told everybody The Evil Dead was my favorite movie. And after I saw this one, I tell everybody that this one is my favorite horror movie. Yeah. Um, and that's the highest praise that I could give it. And again, not even like the Bruce Campbell guy. <laughs> I know there's a lot of people out there and I'm not. I really am not. Um, I think the second one's like hard to watch for some cases. Like it was super weird, right? Uh, um, for somebody that really likes slasher horror movies, you know, like that is not typically my jam. Um, but yeah. this was my jam. It's, it basically took the evil dad, which I loved and then added more things that Donnie loved to it and <laughs> re-released it. And that's what the evil dead 2013 is. So that's it for me. Yeah. Wow. wow. How do you follow that up? Goodness gracious. Well, I guess I have to tell you my number one. <laughs> it's oh the Evil Dead. Uh, Big surprise! Did you see the um, um, the uh, extended cut, Tony? Yeah, yep, I've got it. Okay. Um, I, I watched this last year on the yeah. whole, uh, 100 horror movies. You guys remember? I yeah, watched it with yeah. my wife, and she oh, like kept yeah. covering her face. It's just like, Donnie, this tough. is too much. But to me, like it goes right up against my line where I'm like, oh, I'm in it. This is awesome. It never yeah. crosses it for me. Everything you said, I <clears throat> wholeheartedly ag- agree with to them for the most part. I was also terrified when this was announced because we found out Bruce wasn't going to be coming back. And and for me, I was worried like because I'm a big Bruce guy. Like, sure. This is like like burn notice. He's still like he, he's still I would very, give them. More, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt you, but I would give them more credit the fact that how good is this movie and the fact that he's not in Wait, it. I they mean, don't just right. pander to the fans of the series. They really go for it, and I, yes. I love it. Yeah, and then, I mean, we were blessed with Ash versus the Evil Dead, the series, anyway, so uh, we got that instead of this, which is, we get best of both worlds. Uh, I thought it was interesting, I figured I'd pull it up, because you, you were mentioning it, like, Obviously, this is the more filmatic version, right? The Evil Dead mm-hmm. original, three hundred fifty thousand dollars budget. <laughs> oh, it's it's incredibly campy, and I Choose love it for that reason. Yeah. But it's yeah. super campy. And then campy. the new one, seventeen million dollar budget. So there's <laughs> definitely a tale of two budgets. Um, I not only did it only only cost them seventeen million to make this film in 2013, which is basic th- basically three hundred fifty thousand. In 1970s money, yeah, yeah. Uh, it made 97 million dollars. Like this movie blew it. The fact that we didn't get an Evil Dead two is insane. <laughs> We've had seven years for them to make a sequel to a movie they made 80 million dollars on. It's true. <laughs> uh, yes, everything you said about this, I would, I would say in the agreement, agreement, agreement. Um, Jane Levy carries this film because I would argue that her supporting cast is fine. But she 
Like she's the Bruce Campbell of this film. She's the Ashley Williams of this film. I would agree. Her acting and like, I don't know. I really wish they put out like some t- sort of documentary. Like this is prime for documentary, right? Sam, Rob and Bruce are all back to produce this. That movie. would be good. I would love to I see behind see, the scenes. Like I've read the book. I've read Bruce's book uh, about making the first two. And and I would love to see something to the effect of that for this. We just didn't get it, um, but we're also getting an Evil Dead Four, so I'm actually pretty happy about that. Um, <laughs> she got recast in Don't Breathe too. Something else we'll probably talk about later. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's next year. No, that's twenty years. yeah seventeen seventeen yeah sixteen. Um, uh, yeah, uh, everything about it. You're right. Is like it's it's true to the original, and I would say more Evil Dead Two than Evil Dead One, because like Evil Dead Two is like their redo mm-hmm. for Evil Dead One, and people didn't really notice back then. So I guess it doesn't matter. Um, but it keeps the gore right. It keeps yep. the campiness. It yep. keeps the talking deer heads. It keeps yep. like everything that is like what you associate evil dead with yep it's all there yeah and it's told in a in a think different, of remakes the crazies is a great remake but it's completely different dawn of yes. the dead is a great remake yes. but it's totally different halloween is a great remake but it's totally different nightmare on elm street is not a great remake it's okay but it's totally different you know uh, friday the 13th remake is Hell's completely different <laughs> yeah like all of them are completely different the evil dead is a remake that's totally the same and it's awesome do you know what the Mandela effect is? No. Yeah, isn't that where the Bernstein bears, the Bernstein bears? Yeah, where you think something and then you find out that it's actually slightly different, but you thought it was like this Jaws, for so they long. They don't say we're going to need a bigger boat. Hmm. Like, okay. This is that movie version of the Mandela effect. It is so close to the original with the subtlest of differences that you could have sworn that the other version was the same as this one. Yeah, that's how I feel. That's how close wow. it is. <laughs> wow. It's so good. It's And it's easier to get people into. Like You can get someone to watch this and then get them to watch the original Evil Dead. That's true. Because it is so... F- it's exactly what I did with my wife. Like, yeah. So, and, and, uh, yeah. So I just love it to death. The fact like, that the cast isn't like completely over successful and didn't, you know, go nuts is another aspect of just yeah. how good the film is. It's not, you know, a, a, like an amazing cast. It's not Brad Pitt, you know, carrying it to the finish line. It's not like some incredibly famed director carrying to the And you couldn't line. do this with Brad Pitt. You couldn't do this with Jessica Chastain. You couldn't do this with Nicholas Colstor. This Rambo. movie survives uh, and thrives <laughs> off of the plot in the movie alone. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And I said Rambo. I meant Waldo, but no one laughed at my joke. Make sure people know I said that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw this in theaters. Uh, Jason and I actually went and saw it together. It's awesome. Because once again, nobody will ever. We're the only two. If if we're both interested in something, it, we know it's probably because nobody else will see it with us. So we end up going together. Because um, we ain't going to go alone. That's for sure. And I remember liking it, but I don't remember being over the moon about it. Um, but I don't really know why. Honestly, I couldn't tell you why. And I'm going to. That's what that's what I'm getting to. I was actually just looking up. 
because you guys had mentioned extended edition or unrated edition or whatever. Yeah. It, 20- that is, that, yeah, not cheap. You know, some of these Blu-rays after a few years, they drop down to like $10. Not this one, man. This is like 25 bucks still. I don't know if it's hard to come by or what, but uh, it might, I might have to uh, snag that one just because I'm definitely curious as to uh, the extended cut or what have you. You can rent it for three bucks on Amazon Prime. But I kind of want to own it though. This is definitely. It's iconic. This is definitely a movie case movie. 4K for 14 bucks. This is definitely a movie case movie. You want this on the shelf. I do. Oh, okay. Well, you can own it digitally in 4K for 14 bucks. Nope. Not good enough. Is that digital? (laughs) Not good enough. Wait, in 4K? It didn't come out in 4K, though. Evil Dead 4K UHD. Amazon Prime, baby. It did? Oh, wow. Maybe digitally and they just didn't release a disc. That'd be dumb. I will say this. I do confuse parts of this movie with Drag Me to Hell. (laughs) Of course. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about that movie. I was like, when does Justin Long show up in The Evil Dead? Why am I forgetting (laughs) Justin Long? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Before we have some serious talking to do, I think we should uh, even – are there – let's see. Warm Bodies. You guys remember that movie? Yes. <laughs> like uh-huh. the fact that that's even listed here, it just makes me want to barf. Here's a movie I'm surprised didn't get listed by Donnie. The Purge. It's on my list. It was number four. I put it ahead Curse of, of Chucky, Z. Donnie. It's on my list. It's number six. Uh, all right. Let's let's talk about some of the things that are on my list. All right. Let's start yeah, with sure. The Purge. I so badly wanted to put it on the list. I think The Purge is one of the more novel, awesome horror premises ever. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I, I would love to just keep... I've said this to, I think, Kevin, I know is a Purge fan. The Purge is a premise, like Children of the Corn, that never gets old. I will watch them tell me the same story over and over if they just tell it to me in different ways. Right. And for that matter, I think I'm kind of a little let down with some of the direction that the Purge series has gone in, because it's like... What, what are you doing? Like, you have such a great thing here. Just tell me the same story, different family. Same story, different family. Like, why are you mo- ruining what is such a great premise? It doesn't need to be bigger and better. It doesn't need to be bolder. It's good as it is. You're ruining it. Yeah, um, I was going to ask if that's maybe with all these sequels, what I bad think, taste in your mouth. I like the second Purge more than the first. And that, when I was going back and remembering, I was like, oh, I love the Purge. But I love the idea of the Purge more than the original Purge. And you're talking about yeah. Ethan Hawke. It's great. But here's the thing about the original Purge. It's more like um, like escape room, you know, like house gadget movie versus the Purge that I want to know is I want to see the city. I want to see anarchy. When I think of the Purge's premise, I think anarchy. Law is suspended for 12 hours. People are on the run. I want to see the city. I want to see what's happening. I want the annihilation, the anarchy. I don't want to see some rich dude in his house with his, you know, with his automatic blinders. Like, that's yeah, boring. Yeah, it's like safe almost. room with Joey Yeah, Foster. it's safe room. It's boring. <laughs> it's like, this is the Purge. <laughs> and we're being confined to this one, this house. This is boring. It's not the story for me. So for that matter, it was easy to drop it below your necks for me. Um, but I do love the premise. I love the franchise. We will be talking about the purge in other episodes for sure. Um, I tried to watch the first purge. I haven't seen them and I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. Cause hmm. I thought for sure, based on what you've said about the purge, 
it seems to be one of those movies I just missed that I would probably love. Another franchise that I think is worth owning. You put that one on the shelf. Um, I have the Purge collection for sure. I've got the the Funko Pops. <laughs> I love the Purge. Like I said, I think it's a great – what a great premise. Law is suspended for 12 hours to let everybody get all the murder and insidious thoughts and feelings that they have out. I love the idea of that. Like even the TV series was basically setting up like – what would the purge, if the purge was a reality, which is why it's such a great premise, right? Anytime you're like, well, if this really happened, great premise. Right. Yeah. If the purge was a reality, how much nicer would you treat people if the yeah. purge was a reality? Like, that is <laughs> right. such a good horror. Like, um, like I'm, I die for Wes Craven to make a purge movie. Like I'm, I'm almost upset that he never got the opportunity. Cause when you, when you hear him talk about his early ideas for stories and things like that's, that's basically kind of what he's saying, but he didn't, he never got that far. Um, yeah. so on the premise side, I love it. Um, the first movie, I just felt like they had the premise, but they didn't go with the premise. They had the premise, but they told a different story in the second and third one. They have the premise and they show you the premise. And I love it. Like, I'm all for that. And I want more of it. And then they did, like, election year. It's like they're trying to one-up themselves. And it's like, you don't need to one-up it. Leave it alone. (laughs) So you're ruining it. You're watering it down. Yeah. (laughs) You're making it worse. Um, But my my purge soapbox aside, um, The Curse of Chucky. Yes. In 2013. Mm. Did you guys know that there was a remake for Chucky, Child's Play, in 2010 that got cancel no it was a minute originally meant to remake the series the child's play the original idea of the movie was meant to be remade and it got canceled and the curse of chucky comes out in 2013 which is almost 10 years after the seed of chucky which um (laughs) which the laughter aside critically panned (laughs) right have you guys seen the seed of chucky no, but the premise of Chucky having semen in him is uh, <laughs> obnoxious. <laughs> oh, really? I love yes. the seed of Chucky. Um, the seed of Chucky is <laughs> the, ni- the seed of Chucky is the Nightmare on Elm Street two of the Chucky series. It's um, it's comedy more than it's a horror movie, um, and yeah. has a lot of of gay and like overtones and for that reason i actually really really liked it and i was really happy that don mancini got to make that movie but everybody hates it (laughs) like it's hard to like not everybody but a lot of people more people hate it than they don't um i've actually talked about it before but i never actually said it there was a great postmortem where he talked about not wanting at the time he didn't want to make another chucky movie because it's all he's done he wanted to make a different movie. So they said, we'll make a different movie just in the same universe. And that's basically where the seat of Chucky came from. And I appreciate that stance because I can imagine you making 18 Chucky movies and being tired, you know, like you're like, I want to do something yeah. else. And he basically did. And I just hate that in horror, we're so clinging to things that we love that we can't be open to accepting things that are different. And um, the seat of Chucky is definitely different. Um, sure. That aside, back on point, the curse of Chucky was definitely a return to form. Get back to basics. Have you guys seen this movie? No. No. It stars Fiona DeRiff, who is Brad DeRiff's daughter, Brad DeRiff being the voice of Chucky. Um, his daughter stars, and she is in a wheelchair, and she has delivered Chucky in a box. And they live in this kind of rundown house, and Chucky starts killing people that are in the house, like he did. It's very Child's Play 2. Uh, if you guys yeah. remember Child's Play 2, is I think it's- the one, or is that the first one? I'm sorry? Fire Pit? 
Is that the first Chucky Child's Play? That's the first Chucky Child's okay, Play. Child's Play one. 2 is the one that I think is most iconic. That's Toy Factory Chucky. Oh, where yeah, yeah. Andy goes to the foster parents and Chucky starts killing the foster parents. And yeah, this is very much Child's Play 2. You're in the house and Andy starts taking out the close family members. What you end up finding is they basically kind of relaunch Chucky. It's basically like a reboot. Um, you end up finding that the girl is actually like Chucky's daughter in a way because he, Charles Lee Ray, like banged her mom like back in the day and then like <laughs> tried to kill her but didn't succeed. And then she comes out. So he's back for revenge. And it reboots like Jennifer Tilly is not Bride of Chucky Chucky. She's a different character. She comes out. She's Jennifer Tilly again. It's basically like a relaunch. So if you were like, oh, you know, like I hated, you know, um, 90s Chucky and Seed of Chucky and all that, like they basically kind of take the same thing without without just killing it off completely. They just kind of recycle it into a different direction. And it sets up the cult of Chucky where in the future, if you watch that movie too, there are multiple Chucky's running around and shit. Like they kind of set up like this whole like different universe, which I, which I really love and appreciate. And it's, and it's really good. And it is, it was a straight to DVD launch. So it doesn't have the fanfare. It didn't have the fanfare. I do remember it launched on Netflix. I was totally watching it the day it came out and I watched it and it's good. It's not great, but it's exactly what you expect from a slasher Chucky movie. It, it's a true to form Chucky movie. It's better than Child's yeah. Play 3. <laughs> it's better than, than, and then, uh, Sita Chucky. And I think as a movie on its own. And I think Fiona Duriff is a great actress. Um, I never expected when, when I heard that she was, I was like, Oh, this is lame. The actor's getting his daughter in, but it's good. She's really, really good. And, um, hmm. Sets up to where we're going with the TV show. I think the TV show, I think, is going to be a different universe, but I think it's going to play with what we saw in Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. And if you guys did not know, at the end, Andy Barkley comes back and has a cameo, a little post credit really? scene, which is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so there's a lot of fan service in this one and like a lot of love. It's kind of... I'm trying to think if there's another movie quite like it. I mean, it really is. It's like Chucky was great in the 80s, Child's Play 1 and 2. I think Child's Play 3 is middling. And then it comes back in the 90s, right? I actually think the movie's great, even though they have Child's Play doll sex and stuff. It's still a really good movie. It's really fun. And then it starts to go off the rails. And this movie is what really, like, resets it back to where it is, and it it's Chucky again. It's exactly what people always wanted with Chucky. So if you ever liked the old Chucky movies, you definitely owe it to yourself to give Curse of Chucky a watch. It's not amazing movie like you said earlier it's solid that's why i didn't make my list i wouldn't i wouldn't dare argue for it over these other movies i think are better um but as obviously as a person who loves a chucky movie um i really loved it so it's definitely on my list so i had that one on my list i had the purge on my list i had insidious chapter two on my list had world war z Mm -hmm. on my list and i also had um the haunting of connecticut ghosts of georgia um on my list Haunting of connecticut ghosts of georgia maybe the worst titled movie of all time i think it's actually the haunting connecticut 2 ghosts of georgia Georgia. which is even worse um it's basically traveling (laughs) the haunting connecticut is actually a decent movie and this one is also a middling to good decent movie um it basically basically is like slave ghosts and it's underground railroad stuff and all that um so they kind of play with all that and it's got some effects and everything it's good it's not nearly as good as the rest of these but it's good enough for me to mention you know it's a solid six if you got nothing to watch on a rainy sunday afternoon you can waste two hours with it it's okay can you waste two hours with Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters, though? Uh, I've seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than that. <laughs> um, I'm surprised nobody talked about Carrie, the remake. I thought um, Donnie would, because he talked about his love for 
Chloe in that one. I I I I like. I think Previously. the I think the original Carrie is. Um, I mean, one. I mean, it's just amazing. The original Carrie is great. I think it's the perfect horror movie for girls and and just having representation and kind of not just representation. Um, I think it's very. I'm trying to say this the right way because Lord knows I don't have the words. Uh, I think it's a great representation of like taking um, horrific ideals that could relate to a girl and bringing it to a horror movie. Like on a, the female story. Yeah. Maybe or not yeah, having perspective. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Taking the rape revenge uh, out of it. And out just of having it. a <laughs> empowered female character who doesn't get raped. Yeah. 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 That's there you go. Appropriate. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it's like they can have stories too. They can have revenge without being raped. They can have just blood poured on them, and they can be mad about that. <laughs> I would be. I like the whole idea of just being teased. Um, yeah, like, you know, like, like like anything that would happen to a guy, you can have it happen to a girl. Parental persecution, like wearing that, you know, yeah. trying to like keeping it to yourself, you know, like all of those types of things. I think my wife really has always enjoyed Carrie. That's why I saw Carrie too in theaters. Um, we did see the remake. I just. I don't think the remake was as good as the original. Um, you know, and all the remakes that we just talked about for good and for bad. I wouldn't say this is for bad. I would think, I think this is better than the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, but I just think it's just kind of a paint by numbers remake, I guess is the better way of putting it. It's just kind of yeah. a remake. It's good. Is it better than the original? No, I would always rather watch the original when it comes to Carrie. At least I, I think Carrie 2 is, when you talk about angsty and kind of dumb, Carrie 2 is definitely <laughs> that, but at least Carrie 2 tried to do something, you know, and just tried to do something. It's, and it's, I guess it's different than how I feel about the Evil Dead because, the Evil Dead, in a lot of ways, is the same way, but it doesn't feel paint by numbers at all. It feels new and refreshing because it's better. Yeah. Um, that's why I always say that I think it's better because I think it's better. Like it looks better. I don't think the second one, I don't think Carrie remake does, to be honest with you. The Carrie remake kind of feels like a straight to TV movie. Mm. Mm. Ouch. Sozinga. Sorry to be harsh. <laughs> it's about the harshest you can get uh, about a movie, that's for sure. <laughs> what about you guys? You guys have anything else that made your lists? I think you, Lucas just nailed them. I had Carrie, oh, Dark Skies, the Carrie Russell one. <laughs> I was just looking at that, trying to figure if I've seen that or not, and I don't think I have. That's like the alien abduction slash horror style film. Didn't? Yeah, I get that one confused with the other one. Fire uh, in the Sky? No, I love that movie. That's a great one. That movie. did not come out anytime <laughs> close to this one. That was in the 80s. <laughs> no, there was another one about being abducted. In the oh, uh, The Fourth Encounter? Yes. With Jovovich. There was like a bed in the poster. For some reason, I remember the poster. <laughs> yeah, I think that one. I don't remember if I saw that one either. Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. No, it wasn't. It was like the fourth encounter. Yeah, I was thinking I was going to ask if Kevin Bacon was in it, it's not as Will Patton. But you should never get those two confused. But I was like, there's a famous person in that one. But yeah. Oh, the fourth kind. Sorry. It's just called the fourth kind. You were right. I knew you were right on the fourth part. Yep. Fourth kind. Directed by Ola Tunde Osun Sanami. Those are words. Those are words. Are they words? They may not be words. Um, they're not. Yeah. I don't know. Are names words at all? Really? If you think about it. Look, Anyways, is there anything? Is there anything else on your list, Josh? That we've we hit everything else. On, on I um. There was one way down the list on on this list that is often wrong about when things come out on IMDb. Uh, called 
on Netflix, it was called We Are What We Are. I saw that. Yes, it was actually a Netflixation, again, one of those movies. And I see the Metascore at 71, and I'm very surprised because you look at this, it's got a, a older gentleman standing with presumably his two daughters at a dinner table. I don't know about you guys, but I immediately go, these people are cannibals. <laughs> Spoiler. That's they what the are. movie's about. <laughs> yeah. Holy cannibals. So, with, so when I saw it and found out the big twist was they're cannibals, it was like. Do you have that reaction a lot to other things? Or is that the first time you've had that reaction? <laughs> that they are what they are. It is no, what it they're is. Cannibals. They're it cannibals. Is what it is. They're fine young cannibals is what they are. I saw the uh, cover of Even Stevens and I thought. They're these... cannibals. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought these Stevens are even. Perfect. <laughs> I like when things are what they are. That's what I like. But uh, oh, yeah, I was made for you. <laughs> I saw it and I don't think it deserves a 71 meta score. Uh-huh. I mean, the Evil Dead got a 57. I mean, yeah, so far, they, yeah. the Metacritics haven't been. This is why Metacritic I, I never sucked. use Metacritic as any, like, I never determine whether I want to see a movie or not based off of a, an aggregated score. I was going to say, you can't aggregate a bunch of people with so many. There's too many outliers of like I look tens for and people, ones. I look for people and outlets that are dedicated to the genre. It's not just horror, but definitely on horror, oh. but anything. And then I, mm-hmm. I, seek, I, I look for what they have to say instead of what everybody has to say. Because there's too many Roger Eberts in the world that right. are like you know, putting as many adjectives as they possibly can into a 130, you know, character review. And it's yeah. just, just too much. Evil right. Dead on Rotten Tomatoes, 63% both audience and tomato score. Ooh. Ooh. I've never seen those scores be the same. Wow. That's, yeah, that's kind of weird. Although um, House of Hummingbird is at 100%. Well, I mean, <laughs> real barn burner. Uh, really quick, also some other Netflix um, awesome movies. Bad Milo, hilarious movie, yeah. uh, ridiculous. I mean, comedy horror at oh, its yeah. not finest at all, but it's still funny. Is that related yeah. to Milo? Have you guys seen the horror movie Milo from the nineties? Is it like a weird ghoulies-like creature? No. No, then no, it's not. Okay. Good. No, it's all not. right. <laughs> Right. Um, and then lastly, The Sacrament, which is another one of those cult movies where the brother goes to find his sister, who he believes is uh, part of this cult, and finds this guy who runs this this compound who very much looks like um, oh, I just had his name. The guy from Roseanne. I just had his John name. John Goodman. John Goodman. Thank you. I completely lost it. But it is not John Goodman. And it was not a very good movie either. Is she the May Queen? <laughs> no, she wasn't. Oh, but she did have a disappointing. <laughs> no, no. And so was that movie. So, anyways, there that's, you go. That's another See, episode, Josh. Um, all yeah, right, guys. Know, right? So, 2010, we had the Crazies. 2011, we had Paranormal Activity three. 2012, we had the Cabin in the Woods. Our 2013 movie, and I mean, I'm going to say it because it's my favorite, and I already like stumped for it hard. I'm going to say the Evil Dead, but. I'm going to let you know that this is the first year in this little story that we're weaving and telling where I have been absolutely crushed that I can't put two or three on the list because yeah. the idea that I'm going to do a decade of horror and the conjuring is not included, like pains me. It hurts. <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm banging the drum for the conjuring. I Ooh. don't think evil dead. Our first disagreement. Yes. I vote for under the skin. 
<laughs> you haven't even watched it. It's, it didn't come out this year. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> Evil Dead for me. Sorry, Lucas. See, my my the reason. But I will I, watch The Conjuring, so we could revisit this. Okay. Okay. I, I won't be Evil Dead. <laughs> I will agree to a specific revisiting to see what you think you might have to be the tiebreaker. But my reasoning is because it made so much more money. And I think it is a better representation. Gross. 2013. That's what you judge a movie on. Didn't Not- you go to film school? I thought you were <laughs> oh, an artist. I put us watch Akira Kurosawa films. You said you like Guillermo del Toro. What's the matter with you? So I- out. Ew. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> one had to be the best movie. That's the one that represents the the year. Yeah, represents hey, the box office. I will office happily the play the tiebreaker. I will watch Conjuring. My vote does go to Evil Dead now, but I will if I, I watch Conjuring and I and I really enjoy it. I will rewatch Evil Dead as well. And likewise, fair. Lucas, I, rewatch I, Evil yep, Dead. I, my mouse has hovered over the purchase button, so I will also on that bottom link I sent right. And then, yeah, I'm gonna buy this the Saskatchewan version or whatever. <laughs> the Swedish Denmark. Yeah. Um the Sorry, list the list was it. never meant to be the end all be all list, and we've said it from the beginning. We're going through year by year, we're gonna give you a year and then at the end, if we've got some honorable mentions we want to tack on, we have full right to do so. It's not just, you know, the the, no the list to rule now. them all. Yeah, it's our show. We'll do whatever we want. So if I'm you sure want recommendations. Come back in 13 weeks and find out what our real recommendations are. I'm sure we can <laughs> find a place to mention The Conjuring again. I'll talk about movies from the wrong years. Don't worry, we've got to get off that bandwagon. We've got to get off that bandwagon. So here's my fears. My fear is that actual horror movie critics listen to our show for some reason, <laughs> and they're. <laughs> Nothing. They don't even know what year this Ooh. movie came out. <laughs> who? 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 Um, okay. An hour and 46 minutes. That's going to do it for us in 2013. <laughs> I, guys, I told you it's going to be a great show. I really loved sharing so many of these movies that I liked and learning some of the movies that you guys liked on this year. I think this is a, if we have a better year, that's another thing we need to talk about on our final show. We need maybe tweet, the better tweet year. Tweet us if you listen to the end of this episode. With just 2013 and tag all of us because there's no way. <laughs> oh, I think so. We'll have some. We'll have some folks at the, front of this is, the edge of their seats. Yeah, this is this is great stuff. Number one is going to be because this is the first time that we've had a contentious list. True. Yeah, well, you rolled right over. <laughs> I did not. Of the, we're just going to flip flop, and I'm going to be like, "No, you guys are right, Evil Dead." And you're going to be like, "I don't know, The Conjuring." Uh, I think The Conjuring is very great. <laughs> yeah. And either way, I get my way. So that works. That's that's good. There you go. Um, For me, it's definitely a 1A and 1B. Um, That's going to close the show for 2013. And what a year it was. Um, We hope you stick with us as we continue to lead up through Halloween and all your spooky season stuff. And we'll see you next year in 2014. But until then, this is the end, friends. Hi, I'm Chucky. And I'm your friend to the end. Heidi ho. (laughs) Ha ha ha.